0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Ransom for our sins You are the Lord In your death our
0: bless you. You're listening to Reaching Out Radio International, and tonight's broadcast is In the Word with Sister Pearl. I'm so blessed of the Lord to be with you. Yet another broadcast, and um, just want to bless you in the name that's above every other name, the wonderful, majestic, mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Wherever you're listening from, like I usually would say, this is not a coincidence or just you just happened to drop by, you know, if you're not one of our regular listeners, I really believe that God led you to listen to tonight's broadcast because you and I are living in unprecedented times. We're living in a time that's different from all the other times, at least that's what I feel, very, very, very different. And yet we know that we can have great confidence and trust in God. Because God does not change. He says, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's no shadow of turning with me. Uh, God remains constant. He remains stable. He remains solid. And so in this world, in this time that we're living in, There's a few things that come to mind. Number one, if you are living in today's time, it's because God ordained you to be here right now, alive, functioning, breathing, living. If you know the Lord, you're even in a better position because no matter what comes your way, he promised never to leave us, never to forsake us. He will always be there whether we go through an easy time, a difficult time, an uptime, a downtime, God is faithful. And he's the one that goes before us. So we can trust him. For those of you that do not know the Lord yet, tremendous hope. Because you're listening to this broadcast. You're alive. God has a plan for your life. God has a purpose. And you can listen to either what the enemy whispers in your ear, or you can choose to believe what God says. And I would encourage you to believe what God says. Jesus told us in John chapter 10 that the enemy comes to kill, meaning Satan, to kill, steal, and to destroy. But that Jesus comes to give life and that in abundance. So it's up to you. Whose voice are you going to believe? If you're wise, you're going to believe the words of the Lord. I'm going to talk about um, something that really God has placed on my heart, especially in this 21st century that you and I are in. Uh, this is now we're in approaching actually we're in a new Jewish year, 5784. and even though I am not of Jewish descent, but I am a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and Jesus chose to come to earth to the Jewish nation, even though he loves all the peoples of the world. I think it's important that we we honor and we recognize that we are living in a Jewish calendar and not just the Gregorian calendar. We're living in a time that is precious, very, very precious. And a lot of us are wondering because of everything that we're encountering and and what the world is doing, society, cultures, where are we going to go? Right now, I'm speaking to you from America, United States of America, and we have an influx. I'm sure many of you have heard it across the world. We, We have an influx of people coming to the United States. I mean, it's unprecedented again. It's like more than any other time, cross our borders, uh, many of them coming illegally, some coming legally, but it's just we're having such an influx. And you have to ask yourself the question, well, why is that? Some of them believe that if we come to America, you know, that's the land of opportunity, and it is. It does have tremendous opportunity, but it is not the only good place that people can live in. I think that people need to to raise their vision because we also have trouble. We also have problems in these United States of America. Everything here, we're not walking on streets made of gold. And yet people are, are flooding our borders that this is some kind of a heaven or paradise. Well, the only heaven and paradise is the one that Jesus provides. And that's when we go to live with him. However, you and I, even while we're on earth and we live in our natural habitat, we live on this side of glory, whether we live in Europe or in Africa or in Asia or in South America, North America, Australia, wherever we happen to be living, in the Caribbean, Know that there is no perfect one nation on the earth. The leaders will fail us, and they have failed us, and they are failing us. The only one who does not fail us is Jesus. He is the only one. So tonight we're going to talk about a question that Jesus was asked by one of his disciples, the Apostle Peter asked Jesus this question, and I'm going to read it. John chapter 6. This is in the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verses 67 through 69, and then I'm going to pray. Here goes the question Peter asked of Jesus. Well, let me start with the question that Jesus asked of his 12 disciples. And then it was Simon Peter who answered him with a question, John six sixty seven to 69. So Jesus said to the 12, do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. I'm talking to all of these people that are running to our nation, the United States of America, or perhaps you're running to find refuge in a European nation, or perhaps in Canada, which is north of us, or Asia, or some other place. You're running there trying to see if you can get refuge trying to see if you can find a better life, a more secure and stable reality. This question Jesus asked his disciples because some others, which I'm going to explain as we get into the message, some other disciples had heard the teachings of Jesus and they left him. And so Jesus turned to his 12 and said, well, you want to go? Away from me as well. You want to leave me too? And so that's why Peter said, "Lord, where are we going to go if we leave you? <laughs> you're the only one who has the words of eternal life, and we believe in you, and we know that you're the holy One of God." So in other words, Peter was saying, "We're already with the best one. How can we leave you and go elsewhere? Let's just pray and ask God to bless this message, bless this word that he has entrusted me with from his precious uh, gospels. Heavenly Father, we are thankful to you that you do, in fact, have the words of eternal life, just like the Apostle Peter said. And we, too, believe in you. We've come to know that you're the Holy One of God, and that you are God. There is no place else for us to run outside of you. We want to run to you, not away from you. We want to come to you, not leave you. Dear Lord, help us. Help us to realize that in this time that we live in, in this 21st century, in 2023, when things seem to be going very, differently from the way that we knew life to be in whatever country we are living in. Everything has changed across the globe. But God, we know that you have remained constant and we can always find safety and rest in you. God, make this word come alive. Lord, to whom shall we go? There's nowhere else for us to run but run into you. There's no other hope. There's no other Savior. It's only you, Jesus. Anoint your handmaid. I'm not interested that the people remember me. I want them to remember you, Lord Jesus, so that they would know you are the only one that's going to help them. You will anoint people. You'll use people that can help them and bless them. But it ultimately comes from you. You're our source. You're our life. In you, we live, we move, and we have our being. It's no, It makes no sense to think about leaving you and choosing the cursing. Because you're the blessing. So if we leave you, then we choose cursing. If we leave you, who's the light, then we choose darkness. God forbid it. Anoint me, use my lips, use my words to speak forth exactly what you want to say to men, to women, to young girls, to young boys that are listening to this radio broadcast in the word with Sister Pearl and reaching out Radio International. Bless the people, I pray, and bless your your servant as I bring forth your word. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen and amen. Now, one of the most interesting passages of scripture is found in John chapter 6. This chapter begins with the crowd following Jesus. The time of Passover was soon approaching. That was that Jewish holiday, Passover that they celebrated when the death angel came into Egypt to destroy the people that were tormenting God's people. Pharaoh and his army and his people were making life impossible for the children of Israel that were living in bondage and living in captivity in Egypt for years. And under the the leadership of God's man Moses, God commanded Moses to take the people outside, let them get free, let them leave Egypt, let them leave bondage, let them leave uh, being constantly tormented. See, that's what the devil does to people that are not in Christ. You might not be living in a physical uh, Babylon, in a physical Egypt, But you are living under bondage and you're living under slavery. You're living under harassment and torment of the devil if you're not under the lordship and the safety of Jesus Christ. And so Passover was the Jewish holiday that celebrated the time that God used Moses to lead his people out over into into Canaan's fair land, over into safety. And not only that, but specifically, while they were still living in Egypt, God allowed the death angel to come and to kill the firstborn of everything in Egypt, the firstborn of the Pharaoh, the firstborn of every Egyptian home. The death angel came and destroyed the firstborn, the firstborn of their cattle. I mean, everything in Egypt died that was the firstborn. However, told the people of Israel that were still living in Egypt at that time to cover their homes with the blood. At that time, it was the blood of the lamb. So if they couldn't afford a a lamb, the blood of a goat. And he said, when I see the blood. When the angel comes to destroy the firstborn of every household in Egypt, when I see the blood that's applied to the doorpost of the children of Israel, I will pass over. I will not enter that home. I will not allow the death angel to kill anybody in the homes and the families of the Israelites that were covered with the blood. And that's, that's literally the meaning of Passover. I will pass over you. I will cover you. I will protect you. I will keep you from harm. I will keep you from death. I will keep you from being annihilated. I will keep you from what I'm going to do to those Egyptians. And so it was just about the time that the Jewish nation was going to be celebrating Passover. Passover was soon going to be approaching In John chapter 6, we learn. And the Lord Jesus asked his disciples, specifically Philip, because there were a whole bunch of people following Jesus. A whole crowd was following Jesus. And Jesus asked his disciples, specifically Philip, well, where are we going to purchase bread so that we can feed these people? Now, the Bible tells us that Jesus asked this of them to test them because he already knew what he was planning to do he's God. So basically, Jesus was planning to bless that little bit of food that that young boy had offered. And I'd say this because knowing Jesus and his disciples, they're not going to grab five loaves and two fish from anybody. So that means that this little boy had faith and he probably, you know, I can just see him with, in my mind's eye, even though the Bible does not say that specifically. I'm going to use, I'm going to add lib right here. I'm going to say what I think happened, okay, that he probably tugged at the robe of one of the disciples and say, look, I see that you're looking for food. I have five barley loaves that my mom gave me for my lunch, and I have two fish that I caught. And that I cooked. And if you'd like, you can use this. Because he had faith to believe God. In another gospel, it says that the disciples were told that there is a boy here. There's a lad here. And then Jesus said to them, make the men sit down. Make them sit down. Because when faith is in the house, God is going to move. He operates when people believe him. And so the disciples did not have enough money to go and purchase food to feed a mass of 5,000 people. But God is not limited to your money. He's not limited to what you physically have or your capacity to go and buy something. He's God. So Jesus performs the miracle in John chapter 6 of feeding a multitude of approximately 5,000 people by blessing a little boy, two fish, and five barley loaves. You can read this story in John chapter 6. Then in verses 16 to 21, all of this is happening in one chapter. All this is going on in John chapter 6 it was phenomenal that's what I said that this John chapter 6 is a very portion of scripture in verses 16 to 21 we read John's account of Jesus literally walking on the water can you imagine Jesus is walking on the water because the disciples already got into the boat they already left the shore and Jesus was not with them. And the people knew that. People that. The crowd that was watching, they knew that, whoa, Jesus is not with the disciples. Well, how's he going get, to get across to the other side of the sea? How's he going to do that? Well, how he did it is that he was literally walking on the water. So here goes Jesus in John chapter 6. He's multiplying two fish. He's blessing it. He's lifting it to his heavenly father. He's praying over it, blessing it, and he multiplies. And then he gives back that portion, the two fish, five barley loaves, gives it to the disciples and says, go and feed everybody with this. And everybody was fed because those two fish and five barley loaves kept multiplying. So much so that the Bible tells us in John chapter that they had taken the fragments and the leftovers filled 12 baskets. See, when Jesus is honored and when Jesus is believed, when Jesus is brought into the situation, he doesn't just give you some mere little thing just to get by on. He's a God of abundance. Again, I say that verse. The devil, John chapter 10, verse 10, the enemy, the devil, comes to kill to steal, and to destroy. But Jesus comes to give life in abundance. So he didn't just bless that two fish and five barley loaves for everybody to get like a half-inch amount of food, but they had enough sufficient food that everybody was fed and satisfied with fragments that filled 12 baskets, leftovers. This is the God that you and I serve. This is the God that is not limited to natural elements. Why? Because he created the fish. He created the barley that was made, that was crushed and made into bread. He created the seas, the oceans, the rivers. So he's not limited by the natural elements that he created. He can multiply the food that he made and he's able to walk on the water that he created. The God that we serve. No wonder Peter asked the question, "Well, where are we going to go if we leave you? Good question. Lord, to whom shall we go? We already are with the number one. (laughs) Why would we leave you and go elsewhere? Let me just read to you a little bit from, because there's a lot of verses in John chapter six, but I want to read to you some other things that happened. So we know already that Jesus fed the multitude by blessing and multiplying the two fish and five barley loaves. And he, he fed at least, 5,000, because a lot of times when they say 5,000 men, they don't count the women and the children that were with them, okay? So it's very, very, very feasible and and possible that he fed more than 5,000. But we know that he at least fed the 5,000 men that followed him, okay? So that went on in Chapter 6, him walking on water to go into the boat happened. Then in verses um, 34, I want to begin to read. 33 from John chapter 6. For the bread of God is he who comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. Now we're not talking about the physical bread that Jesus blessed and multiplied and people physically ate it like how you and I would eat bread. He's talking about the bread of God, and what is the bread of God, and who is the bread of God? Jesus is saying, for the bread of God is he who comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. So, of course, Jesus is talking about himself. Verse 34, then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. I'm reading from the amplified version, the classic version, all the time. Give us this bread all the time. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. (laughs) Let me just explain that. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never be hungry. And he who believes in and cleaves to and trusts in and relies on me will never thirst anymore at any time. That's it. But as I told you, although you have seen me, Still, you do not believe and trust and have faith. And all who my father gives in trust to me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will most certainly not cast out. I will never, no, never reject one of them who comes to me. Now, I want, I'm stopping right here. I just read verses 33 to 37 of John chapter 6. I'm going to stop there, and I'm going to continue just in a minute. I am reading this to you, not just because I decided to read you something, but because in prayer, and, and what word, Lord, do you want me to give to the people on Reaching Out Radio International and the over 90 nations that listen to this radio broadcast? What do you want me to give them? And as I was praying about this word, I got clear. Let them know that I am the one they should be looking to. Just as Peter was looking to me, they need to look to me. Peter understood that there's no place else to run. Let me run to Jesus. And he wants us to understand that. He wants you, if you're living in Italy, if you're living in France, if you're living in Portugal, if you're living in Germany or Ireland or Scotland, he wants you to understand that, that he is the one you should be looking to. If you're living in Belgium, in Switzerland, in Sweden, in Denmark, you're the one that he's talking to. If you're living in China or Taiwan or Singapore or Malaysia or the Philippines, you're the one he's talking to. If you're living in any of the 50 states in the United States of America, you're the one he's talking to. If you're living in a Canadian province, you're the one he's talking to. If you're living in Mexico, you're the one he's talking to. If you're living in South America, talking to you. You're living in Australia or one of the Oceania countries, talking to you. Talking to you. I want to read verse 38. I'm going to continue reading from John chapter 6. For I've come down from heaven and not to do my own will and purpose, In other words, I didn't come to do my thing. I came to do my heavenly father's will and purpose to do the will and purpose of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me that I should not lose any of all that he has given me, but that I should give the new life and raise them up at the last day. In other words, God does not want you to go to hell. God does not want you to be separated from him. God does not want you to be defeated in this life or in the life hereafter. God wants to bless you with eternal life, everlasting life. Verse 40. For this is my Father's will and his purpose, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in and cleaves to and trusts and relies on him should have eternal life. And I will raise him up from the dead at that last day. Now, some of us listening to my voice right now, some of us are not going to be alive when Jesus comes back. We will have already passed on. But the Bible tells us that love God, if we die in Christ, we are alive with him. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Some of us might be yet alive when he returns. I don't know. But I know one thing, that when he does come back and he comes for his people, this is what the Bible is saying, I will raise them up from the dead at that last day. So if you do, you know, die physically, you already know that you're going to be raised up to be with Christ. That's great news. Hallelujah. That's if you trust him, though. That's if you rely on him. That's if you believe in him. Now, verse 41, now the Jews murmured and they found fault with and grumbled about Jesus because he said, I am myself the bread that came down from heaven. Wow. That's deep. So you mean, Sister Pearl, are you saying what I think you just said? Well, all I'm saying is I'm reading the word of God. I'm not making anything up. This is not something that I came up with on my own. I'm just reading to you John chapter 6, verse 41. The Jews murmured and found fault with, and they grumbled about Jesus because he said, and I quote, I am myself. The bread came down from heaven. So let me just help my Catholic friends just for a minute. Jesus was God before he ever came down to the earth. All right? That's clear. I don't have the time because this is not the message that we're talking about tonight, but I just want to explain. I just read that. These are the words of Jesus himself. So if it's in your Bible that you have a red-letter edition, it would be in red because these are the words of Jesus. I am the bread that came down from heaven. So before he became a little baby that was born to the Virgin Mary, He was already God. He was God from the foundation. He didn't have a beginning. See, God doesn't have a a, a beginning point. He is God. He's not like you and me. He's God. He chose to come to the earth because he would be the only one that could pay the penalty for my sin and your sin. He was the only one that had spotless Blood that was not sinful And that's why The Bible said In Isaiah chapter 14 Therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign Listen carefully The virgin The virgin That means a woman A young woman Or even if she's an older woman But in this case she was definitely young a virgin will conceive. That means a a, a a a young woman that has not had any sexual encounters. That's what a virgin is. Listen carefully. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel, God with So it was always the design and the plan of God that he would choose a virgin from the house of Israel, not somebody who had already been sexually active, but a a young virgin that had not known a man, and he chose the virgin Mary. And the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter one and verse twenty five. But he had no talking about Joseph now. Because I don't have time to get into that whole passage of scripture. I'm just gonna read Matthew chapter one, verse twenty five. But I would encourage you to read the entire chapter and to read it in context. Matthew chapter one talks about the birth of Jesus. And verse twenty five says, But he had no union with her talking about Mary as her husband until, notice that word, until she had born her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. Well, of course, the angel told them what to call the baby. But listen carefully. Joseph, Mary's husband, had no sexual union. When it says, and he had no union with her, it means that he was not sexually intimate with her. He did not know her, according to Scripture, when the Bible says, you know, and and a husband knew his wife, or Abraham knew Sarah. That means that he, he knew her intimately, sexually. But this says in verse 25 of Matthew 1, he had, no union with her, meaning Mary, as her husband until she had born her firstborn son. Then go to John chapter 2, verse 12. I'm just stopping a little bit to help my Catholic friends out because there's a misunderstanding that she stayed perpetually a virgin. The Bible does not state that at all. That is so contrary To Biblical reality John chapter 2 verse 12 Says after this He went down to Capernaum talking about the Lord Jesus Now as a man With his mother And brothers And his disciples Do you see how the Bible Makes a differentiation between The Lord's Mother And his brother's and his disciples. See the Bible does not lie. When the Bible talks about his brothers, it's not talking about his disciples or his Christian brothers, like I'd call somebody, you know, brother brother Chris or Brother John. No. This is talking about his natural brothers, his half brothers, the brothers that were conceived to Joseph and Mary after Jesus was born. What kind of God will be chose, married to Joseph, and then never allow the husband and the wife to come together in holy matrimony? The thought of such is unbelievable. But let me take you to another scripture. Again, this is for my Catholic friends. I'm reading from John chapter 7, verses 3 to 5, just to show you that Mary is not the one that we should be praying to. Mary is not the one that we should be going to. Peter said to the Lord, Lord, where am I going to go? Jesus never replied and said, well, you should go to Mary, my mother. He never said that. And, of course, Peter knew better than to even ask. And nowhere in Scripture, nowhere in the New Testament, Nowhere in the Old Testament do we see people, followers of Jesus, praying to Mary. So now I'm going to read John chapter 7, verses 3 to 5. So his brothers said to him, this is talking about Jesus' half-brothers, the brothers that were born to Mary and Joseph, leave here and go into Judea so that your disciples there may also see the works that you do. This is no place for you. For no one does anything in secret when he wishes to be conspicuous and secure publicity. If you must do these things, if you must act like this, show yourself openly, make yourself known to the world. Now, what does the Bible say in John chapter 7, verse 5? For even his brothers did not believe in or adhere to or trust in or rely on him either. So even Jesus' half-brothers that were raised in the same house with him, that were raised with the same parents, Joseph and Mary, his own half-brothers did not believe and trust in him. I could give you more scriptures, but I'm not going to give you more right now. I'm just showing you that Mary is not one to be prayed to. It's not Jesus and Mary. God used and favored her, blessed among other women, blessed more than any other woman, that God would choose her to allow her to be the one that the Holy Spirit overshadows as a virgin and then give birth to the Lord Jesus. But remember that Jesus was fully God before he ever was born. That's why the Bible says, and Jesus said in John chapter 6 41 I am the bread that came down from heaven. That's me. Let's read again in John chapter 6 verse 33 for the bread of God is he who comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. They then they said to him Lord give us this bread always all the time. Jesus replied I am the bread of life give us I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never be hungry. And he who believes in me and cleaves to and trusts in and relies on me will never thirst anymore at any time. Now, he's not talking about being physically thirsty. He's talking about being spiritually thirsty. Verse 36, but as I told you, although you have seen me, still you do not believe and you don't trust and you don't have faith. All whom my father gives and trusts to me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will most certainly not, meaning I will not throw that person away. I will never, no, never reject one of them who comes to me. And I can add here, who comes to me in believing faith. Verse 38. For I've come down from heaven not to do my own will and purpose. Not to do what I want, what I'm planning. I I didn't come down here to do my own will and purpose, but to do the will and purpose of him who sent me. Now, who sent the son? His father, his heavenly father. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should not lose any of all that he has given me, but that I should give new life and raise them up also at the last day. Verse 40. Of John chapter 6. For this is my Father's will and his purpose. Everyone who sees the Son and believes in, cleaves to, trust in, relies on him, should have eternal life. And I'll raise him up from the dead at the last day. Verse 41. Now, the Jews murmured, they found fault with, they grumbled about Jesus because he said, I am myself the bread that came down from heaven. Now, he's saying this multitude of times here in, in, in chapter 6, verse 42. They kept asking, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How then can he say, I've come down from heaven? So Jesus answered them, look, stop grumbling and saying things against me to one another. Don't forget, Jesus was fully God yet fully man. So the fully God knew exactly what they were thinking, what they were saying. No one, verse 44, is able to come to me unless the father who sent me attracts and draws him and gives him the desire to come to me. And then I will raise him up from the dead at the last day. So what am I saying to you? Be encouraged. If you have a desire to come to God, that's because it is God that wants you to come to him. The Bible says he gives you the desire to come to me, and I'll raise him up from the dead at the last day. Verse 45, it is written in the book of the prophets, and they shall, have, shall all be taught of God. Have him in person for their teacher. Wow. If you want the best teacher, that's Jesus. Everyone who has listened to and learned from the Father comes to me which does not imply that anyone has seen the father not that anyone has ever seen him except he who has who was with the father who comes from god he alone has seen the father verse 47 i assure you most solemnly seriously i tell you he who believes in me who adheres to trust in relies on and has faith in me has now possesses eternal life. What does that mean? If you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you're not going to get eternal life after you're dead. You have eternal life right now while you are yet alive. You don't have to pray and jump up and down and hope that you'll get eternal life, you know, sometime in in the hereafter. If you've already put your faith in Christ, if you're, de- if you're ready to put your faith in Christ tonight, as you hear this word, the Lord says, right now you have eternal life. Verse 48, I'm the bread of life that gives life, the living bread. Your forefathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and yet they died. But this is the bread that comes down from heaven. Anyone may eat of it and never die. I myself, I'm the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever, and also the bread that I also shall give for the life of the world is my flesh, my body. Then the Jews angrily contended with one another, saying, how is he able to give us his flesh to eat? And Jesus said to them, I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, you cannot have any life in you unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, unless you appropriate his life. This is what he's saying. Unless you appropriate his life and the saving merit of his blood. Unless you apply his life to your life and you believe in the saving merit of his blood. Verse 54, he who feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has, possesses now. This is what I explained to you before. Not in the hereafter, but right now, eternal life. And I'll raise him up from the dead on the last day. 55, for my flesh is true and genuine food and my blood is true and genuine drink. He who feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood dwells continually in me and I in like manner dwell continually in him. Just as the living Father sent me and I live by the Father, even so however continues to feed on me, whoever continues to feed on me shall live through and because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. It's not like the manna which our forefathers ate and yet they died. He who takes this bread for his food shall live forever. He, He said these things in a synagogue while he was teaching at Capernaum. When his disciples heard this, many of them said, well, who can stand to hear this? Who can be expected to listen to such teaching? But Jesus, knowing within himself, what his disciples were complaining and protesting and grumbling about, he said to them, is this a stumbling block, an offense to you? Does this upset and displease and shock and scandalize you? What then will be your reaction if you should see the Son of Man ascending to the place where he was before? In other words, if you see me ascending to my heavenly Father in heaven, how are you going to take that? Verse 63, it is the Spirit who gives his life who gives life. He is the life giver. The flesh conveys no benefit, whatever. There's no profit in the flesh. The words that I have been speaking to you, their spirit and their life, but still some of you fail to believe and trust and have faith. For Jesus knew from the first who who did not believe and had no faith, and he knew who was going to betray him and who would be false to him. Verse 65, and then he said, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him, unless he's enabled to do so by the Father. And after this, many of the disciples drew back, returned to their old associations, and no longer accompanied him. What is Sister Pearl trying to convey by the Holy Spirit to you tonight? Some of us are going to, well, no. I take that back. All of us are going to be tested in very near days that are approaching us ahead. We're going to be catapulted into a different situation. We're going to be challenged if we're going to follow Christ or if we're going to betray Christ and go after the world. Jesus said to the 12, will you also go away? And do you too desire to leave me? Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words, the message of eternal life. And we have learned to believe and trust and more. We have come to know surely that you're the Holy One of God, the Christ, the Anointed One, the Messiah, the Son of the Living God. Now, what does eating his flesh and drinking his blood really mean for you and me? Eating his flesh and drinking his blood is believing in Christ and appropriating, applying what he has already done for us on Calvary's cross by allowing his body to be broken and his blood to be shed on your behalf and on my behalf. If I believe that Jesus allowed his body to be broken for me, to deliver me of my sin to cleanse me and forgive me of my sin. If I believe in that, that is eating his flesh and drinking his blood. Remember when the disciples saw Jesus walking on the water to get to them who were already on the boat? Well, we, you and I, are approaching days when we're going to have to believe God to live supernaturally, trust him fully for our sustenance. There is soon approaching a time and a day that you and I are not going to be able to just go and buy from the supermarket our food. If we're going to be faithful to God, we're not going to be able to take the mark of the beast. Hello, somebody. So where are we going to get our food from? Good question. We're going to have to rely on God. Some of us are going to be able to eat the food that God helps us to plant, and he's going to bless it, it's going to grow, and we're going to be able to eat that. But what about when, you know, we can't buy ourselves in the natural? We're going to have to believe that the same God who fed the multitude with five loaves and two barley, I mean, five loaves of bread, and two fish, the same God that fed the multitude of 5,000 is the same God that's able to feed you and able to feed me when days are going to be different from the days that we're encountering right now. When we're going through hard persecution and challenge on every hand and side, we're going to have to believe in the God that walked on the water. That He's able to take us safely over storms, impossible times. That when the death angel comes to the land and people are being slayed left and right, that the blood of Jesus that's applied to us is going to be able to keep us and protect us and even use us to share the gospel with people that would be lost and desperate to find Christ then. People that are not open and willing to look to Jesus now will be very open and willing to look to Jesus then. And those days are soon coming upon us. But we'll be able to say like King Jehoshaphat did in Second Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 12, our God will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We know not what to do, but our eyes are on you. In the remaining three minutes that you and I have together, are you going to believe God? Are you going to believe man? These stories that were given to us, are true stories. These are biblical, historical, and factual. It happened. Jesus lived. Jesus died. Jesus was resurrected from the dead. Jesus walked on the water. Jesus blessed the five barley loaves and the two fish and fed over 5,000. Jesus healed the sick, caused the lame to walk and the blind to see and the deaf to hear, raised the dead to life. This is the Jesus that we are believing in and looking to. So, what are you going to do when the question is asked of you by Jesus? Are you going to lead me too? or are you going to be able to say like the Apostle Peter, Lord, to whom am I going to go? You alone have the, the the truth. You alone. You alone are the one. I mean. Your life, anything outside of you is death. Of course, I'm not leaving you. Let's just pray. And if you don't know the Lord as your Savior, cry out to him and ask him. Just ask him in your own words. Heavenly Father, just forgive me of sin. Forgive me of those things that I've done that displeased you. And I'm asking you to come into my life and give me your Holy Spirit. And put my feet on a plain path and let me follow you correctly. Give me brothers and sisters in the faith. Plant me in a good biblical church that I can learn about you. You, Father God, I pray for everyone that heard this word tonight. Lord, to whom shall we go? Because you alone have the words of eternal life. You alone have we believed in and we've come to know that you're the Holy One of God. If we leave you, we have no hope, but in you we have hope everlasting. Thank you that you are the miracle worker, the promise keeper, the light in the darkness. You are the way maker, and so we look to you. God bless your people to look to you like they've never looked to you before. And not wait till things get really dark, but right now. I commend them into your safekeeping. I pray, God, help us to run to you, run into the ark of safety while there's yet time and opportunity. I bless the people. I bless this ministry, Reaching Out Radio International, and the woman of God who spearheads it, Evangelist Montel Field. God, Keep us in faith, keep in joy. Until next time when we get together on Reaching Out Radio International in the Word with Sister Pearl, God bless us and make us a blessing. Help us to believe you, to eat of your flesh and to drink of your blood by believing in you and applying everything that you are to our lives doubting not. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. May the Lord bless you real good. This is your sister Pearl. I love you so much, but God loves you even more. Until next week, in Jesus' name, bye-bye.